we are here for another episode of Get Happy and Drop the Label. As always, um, welcome. I'm very excited. This is starting to become, you know, like a thing, right? This is like, yes, like, you guys are my people. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see you. Like, I get, I get why people will do like radio for years of like their whole life, you know, they're like, this, this is, this is something amazing. So I'm going to pass it over to Heather, like usual, because I don't, I don't, I don't know. She's just got the, the gift and introductions. All right. So here we go. Thank you so much, Kyle. You are so kind. And thank you for that uh, song choice selection. I love Post Malone. He's gotten me through some dark days. Okay. But anyways, like Kyle said, this is our podcast, Get Happy and Drop the Label. And here with me today, oh, and I, I guess I should introduce myself. My name is Coach Heather Belovich. You guys might know me from TikTok as Coach Heather 904. And with me are my co-hosts, Kyle Johnston. And you oh. may know him from Drop the Label. And will you uh, quickly just say your website so they can find you? Uh, you guys can go look on dropthelabel.godaddysites.com. Uh, yeah, be a part of the change. Don't be a bystander to abuse. Thank you so much. And I agree with that. And it's a wonderful website. You guys should definitely check it out because recovery is not one size fits all. And also with us today, we have my beautiful friend, Cassie, who shared her wonderful and inspirational um, testimony on Monday. You guys should go check that episode out. It's the previous one before this one. And we also have Diamond Morales with us today. Um, so I am very excited for what we're going to talk, be talking about and what brought us together here is that trauma does not end at growing up. Healing the trauma starts by talking about it. We make ourselves aware and those who seek the truth will keep seeking. We are fully committed to ourselves and to others at the pursuit of happiness or we will die trying. So um, one thing that I really love about Cassie is that ever since the moment I've met her, she's always been, well, all, well, all of you, but, um, but specifically just for, I guess this podcast specifically, ever since I met her, she's always been educating me about so many things that I just had no idea about. Um, for example, um, for this podcast that were, uh, things that we're going to talk about that she brought to enlightenment for me personally is I never heard of it until a week ago, um, is tone policing and imposter syndrome and also I just want to say that um uh, oh wait I'm sorry I lost my train of thought so we are going to talk about that now Kyle googled tone policing and what that is so I'm going to let you read that because I mean I kind of like made an assumption but I didn't really know what that was so will you read that I got you. So you guys can definitely, you know, we have smartphones. Google is amazing. You just look it up. And what Google does is it brings most top search up to the top. Okay. So if you want to fact check us, that's fine. Please send me a message. So tone policing, uh, tone policing is where a conversation is derailed because one chooses to focus on the way the message is being presented rather than the message itself. The attention is drawn to the way that someone is speaking about something rather than what they are actually saying. Tone policing suggests that there's a right way for the BIPOC, means uh, Black, Indigenous, people of color, to talk about their lived experience with racism. You can't expect 
BIPOC to be polite and pleasant in speaking to you about their pain and oppression, focus on what we're saying and not how we're saying it. Also, I would like to add with tone policing comes a lot of other things called uh, a, something that's called a, a thought terminating cliche, right? They're also known as cinematic stop signs, a thought stopper, bumper sticker logic, or cliche thinking is a form of loaded language, often passing as a folk wisdom intended to end an argument and quell cognitive uh, dissonance. So say, you know, you're talking to someone, they don't really like what you're saying, you hit, you hit a tone in them, you know, you're not being mean, you're telling them the truth, and they're like, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for you, and they walk away, right? They didn't right. really mean that I'll pray for you. That was their way of shutting you down, you know, or uh, one day at a time or, you know, something along those lines. So tone policing is when you are saying something with the agenda of ending the argument. That's what I gathered. Is that is that correct? Yes. OK. And do do you or Cassie or Diamond want to comment? Like, have, have you ever experienced somebody treating you that way? Or do you treat people that way? I'm a tone police there. <laughs> well, uh, tell Jeez, us about the Diamond. Look, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about right there. Be honest. Yeah, I love uh, your honesty. No, I'm, I'm a tone police or too. Yeah, like, now I'm not going to say all of that is 100% me, but like, I'm definitely uh, don't talk to me however you want type of person. Like, if, if I feel like you're trying to be disrespectful, like, even though you could have the best intent, once I kind of tell you, like, I'm not really enjoying how you're talking to me and like, you keep on talking to me like that then eventually I'm going to catch a little attitude and I'm going to be like, okay, like, and I will definitely say that it does go down the rabbit hole of focusing on more. So how someone is talking to me, but I do like, as it's, as it's being said, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like there are some valid points to like, listen to the message. But then at the same time, I feel like sometimes people know what triggers you and they talk to you in that manner so they can get that version of you to almost justify what they're saying. Like, I feel like tone policing, the definition in itself um, kind of goes down the rabbit hole of like other things. It's like this big umbrella of like different reasons why people yeah. can do it. Like whether you're a narcissist, whether you're not, whether you're submissive, whether you're kind of shy, like me, I'm just very much a don't talk to me however you want kind of person. Um, I just don't like that. It annoys me because I just feel like, especially, especially like, like, I don't like, okay. Like if I, like I'm, I'm black, of course, well, not of course, but my name is Diamond. So of course, um, <laughs> and I, I've noticed that sometimes like, white ladies will talk to me a little funny and then I feel like I need to remind them that like you're no better than me no matter of fact if I start really nitpicking you might be worse than me even if something as petty and small as the fact that you're somebody's baby mom and I'm somebody's wife like sometimes I feel like I have to humble people and remind them that who you are does not define me 
and you don't get to talk to me however you want. But then I also have to remember like, that's mean and you shouldn't be like that. So I'm definitely a tone policer, but that's why I'm really happy this is the topic because I'm going to learn some things. I'm going to stop being a tone policer to, to like people I like, like my husband. Well, what, when you said that there's, it's like a big umbrella, like it is like tone, I, tone policing is it's 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 i feel like it could be more simple than where we're going with it right like say say for instance my child right because tone policing also it comes in effect when it comes to like the manner of someone's what age they are when they correct you right or when they tell Mm -hmm. you about something about you so like say my child my child tells me that i'm being rude right (laughs) now i could be being rude but you're five um watch how you talk to me right like no mr johnston shut your mouth she's right you are being rude so how, <laughs> you know like it's like it's to that list it's as simple as that like to not be defensive, to not be defensive when someone is trying to not if anything correct you but tell you the truth right i like, am also a defensive person so i will definitely admit that like this topic is really good for me because like y'all are about to like teach me some new some new traits so when when, when 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 a group of people that are not much liked by the majority are standing up for a cause right people say well you need to be calm and speak kindly and don't growl and don't be angry you know you get the Tone policing comes in effect when you get the angry black man or woman, right? Bro, we're like, literally talking about racism, though. Yeah, I, right. right. Like, so, like, slavery. Tell me, it's like oh, when, a, yes. when, a, when a person gets right. harmed, right? When a person gets harmed, physical, mental, whatever, and they're aggressively speaking because they're hurt, and a police officer tells them to calm down. How about you just understand that I'm hurt? Like you're you're like you're policing how I can express my emotions, you know? So it's like, man, I, I mean, I'm 35. I'm just learning this stuff. You know how many times I've, I went to say something and somebody looked at me and was like, can you say that differently? And I'm like, but what I said was true. Or how do you want me to say it? Like, even, even um, this is now old because we you know I don't work there anymore. But <laughs> like, I would just, notice that if I asked the question at work I used to work with Kyle if I asked the question it was almost like problematic yes but like if the same person asked that same question like three three bubbles down it's like oh let me help you with that let me help you resolve it but like sis I just asked it 30 minutes ago so why are you re-asking it you know what I mean so I oh juicy i feel like tone policing is done to especially in reference to race i feel like it is done to assuage the negative feelings that come up yes in the person receiving the message and so it's a tool of deflection because i was raised in a tone police house where we, I don't like, I don't tone police my kids. Like the rule in the house is you're allowed to be mad, but you're not allowed to be mean. So you're allowed to have your, your feelings, but you're not allowed to be dis. You can, you can speak to me in a way that is respectful and will continue the conversation as opposed to snarking me. But at the same time, I'm, they're not responsible for my triggers. 
they're not responsible for the fact that I was disrespected 15 years ago and I ain't got over it yet. And so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a rock and a hard place, but in the workplace, and I say this as a biracial female, I'm the palatable black person, right? I'm light enough to be considered employed. Easier taken than the dark skin. That part. However, in an office full, because I mean, in an office full of white women, and I've had this happen, same thing as Diamond said, where I'll give an idea or I'll speak up on something. And now all of a sudden I'm aggressive. I'm problematic. I'm creating workplace hostility. And bro, I just told you that I don't think the idea is going to work. Like, what are you taught? So I feel like it's different, especially racially in the office because there is white supremacy is an, is an attempt to disguise mediocrity. That's why Black people are lazy and Black people are this and Black people are that. It's because really, think Donald Trump, I didn't have oxygen. We know you did. So Black people are violent, but who's done 100% of the genocides? So do you see the projection there? Oh, <laughs> that was good. I love it. Oh, that was yes, good. Yes, um, yes. So it's, it, it's projection to make like you don't want to feel the uncomfortable feelings that come with the message. So you focus on the message instead of sitting in the trigger and figuring out why it upsets you because nine out of 10, most of us were raised by people with the emotional range of a teaspoon. They don't know how to communicate. And that's just like, for me, the first time I laid a boundary, it seemed like I was screaming at my ex when in reality I just didn't know how to set boundaries. So if I had been tone policed in that, the message of the boundary would have been missed. And yes, she was a little pissy with the way that I said it, but I had to explain like, I don't know how to do this. This is just how it's going to sound and I'll get the delivery down. But I feel like tone policing depends on the dynamic of the two people having the conversation because you see tone policing on TikTok when it comes to race all the time. You see white women in the comments like, meh, meh, meh. Oh, I'm gonna unfollow because you're being rude and divisive. And it's like, I'm talking about my lived experience. Right, it says here, tone policing happens because it's too hard for some people to sit in discomfort acknowledge mistakes and move toward meaningful conversations and change instead of validating the message tone policing uses thin and privileged excuses to avoid it altogether i think that's just you know this is a this is i love bringing definitions all right because their definitions that means they've been defined that means there's the truth that means it's a fact that means that someone can't look at you and try to override it i would love for you to try to override this definition right but please try it it's in there like you're gonna see it you know so when you go out in your life and your worldly life tomorrow or today or whenever and you start having a conversation and you notice somebody you're telling someone the truth and it's hard for them to swallow it that might make you more cognitive to be like, okay, let me, let me try to give them the truth just a little. Like I might even do it myself. All right. I might, I might just saying. 
Wait, but that definition is definitely me because like, I, I don't know, like, I don't, I'm not defensive in a, in a, like, I'm right, you're wrong way. It's more like, dang, like, you've seen something about myself that I didn't see. And like, I don't know if it's like my feelings are hurt. Um, more so in a relationship wise, not like regular people, but um, like, I don't really care about regular people for real. But it is interesting because I do notice that sometimes like that, for me, the, the times when I do become defensive, I have noticed it's because I genuinely wasn't trying to be a certain kind of way and it was perceived maybe wrong or incorrect or whatever. And so I almost, I feel like defeated. And that's why I feel like it's also important to kind of like, like for people who are more self-aware to also take into account the person who you're talking to might genuinely not see where you're coming from because like like if I'm being genuine about how how I made a decision even if you felt like my decision was wrong if I'm being genuine about the reason why I made it and you keep telling me why it was wrong it's like I get what you're saying but I didn't have ill intent when I made the decision so like also like cut me a break and maybe try to teach me how to be different versus just full-on like oh, you're wrong. I'm like, oh, okay, my bad. Like, I didn't know. Thought I thought I wasn't wrong. Sorry. <laughs> I understand both sides of that because, you know, like I said, I'm a tone policer. So um, I, just off the, off the top of my head, I can think of when I've tone policed my husband, I'm like, well, I don't like the way that you said that. And And when I reflect on, you know, why I don't like the way that he said that it's usually either because he's right about what he's saying. And I don't like that. Or I hope he's listening to this. Huh? Instead of hoping that he listens to this part right here. (laughs) Right. Agreed. I know. I I might need to play this part for my husband too. Yeah. I, I sent him uh, our podcast link earlier since it's like looped up. Oh yeah. Which I should have said that at the beginning. It's like our podcast is available everywhere now, but anyways. um, But sometimes like, I don't like the way he's, and sometimes I really feel like he might be wrong. Like maybe because a boundary has been violated, but I also noticed that happens to me. Like when my inner child hasn't been validated. So maybe it's not necessarily him that he's triggering the the feeling inside of me so it's not maybe not necessarily him if that so actually all so whenever I'm tone policing it's actually never my husband I guess in both of those instances now that I say that and think about it and then I um let's see what I forgot what the other thing I was gonna say so well I think it's fair for us to say like when it comes to you know tone policing like imagine Things that aren't okay, like if a person's yelling and screaming at you, regardless if they're right, you are now you're aggressive. You are the aggressor. You're 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 verbally assaulting me, even if it's the truth. When telling when talking to someone, you're gonna you have to be calm. Now, well, you don't have to be calm, but you can't be screaming at the top of your lungs, whatever it is you're trying to get across to somebody, right? Because no one's gonna listen to that. Well, what if what if they're really upset? Like if they were talking about racism or oppression or thing, I mean things so, that were very that they have valid reason to yo. Me, me as a black man, and and I speak for myself, not others, right? I I I understand and I get it. 
my thing is I'll never come from a place of hatred because hate just is going to build more hate. So if, even if I'm upset about, say, racism, screaming at someone over the oppression is going to do what? How is that? How like what is it going to do for it? What, what are we going to what are we building? What blocks are being mended right here? What bridge is being crossed? It's definitely not going to happen. Right. But I am that's so just glad me. you said that. I think that's a great point of view. I, I had a situation a few months back where I was I was invited to uh, a inbox or like a message inbox with a few people of color um, because they were upset at uh, these harm reductionists and they were calling out racists. Right. Mm -hmm. So I sat in there and I didn't really say much and I paid attention to like the tone of the crowd and what they were doing and how they were identifying racist individuals in the harm reduction community, right? A week goes by and I'm like, okay, listen, <laughs> racism isn't because I tell this white person that I need something and they take their time to do it. That's not racism. Right. I, I look at a person and I, I have a conversation with them. I don't like how they looked at me. That's not made. They're not racist because of, they're looking at me funny. Right. So like these. These certain individuals were basically taking something as critical as racism and using it as a weapon. And then they wanted me because my voice has been spoken and I speak out loud. They wanted me to, to take on a banner with them. But when I noticed that there was no there there wasn't a bridge that was being formed it was like hate like they just wanted everything to burn down i had to look at him and say hey you're, you're gonna you're probably gonna not like what i'm doing right now but i'm gonna take a stand i appreciate you guys bringing me in but i'm gonna go tell the truth so i went out and i and i and i spoke out on the fact that i will not fan the flames of hatred like i'm not i'm not gonna make a i'm not gonna make out uh, a person of that's white to be racist because I don't like what color they're wearing or they don't speak to me the way I want them to speak to me. Or when they said I could borrow 50 bucks, they took a day, they took a day to give it to me. Like I'm, I'm not here to hold people hostage in hate. Right. So right. there's a way to do things, you know, and, and that I agree you know, and disagree. Cause I feel like certain, like, I feel like, I love everybody's grandma and all, but I feel like some people's grandmas, when you get in the elevator with them and they clench their little purse as though I want their little payless purse that they bought 20 years ago or something. So yes, I am going to look at you and I'm going to judge you because what makes you think little grandma that I want your purse any more than anyone else in here. And it doesn't even matter if I have a purse, if I don't have a purse, so I like, I agree with you in some aspects, but in some aspects, I feel like because of the privilege of being white, like the general privilege of being white and the people who are white, who don't accept the fact that they have privilege, sometimes you got to be a little aggressive with them. Like sometimes you have to check them. Sometimes you have to remind them my steps in life are just different than yours. Like me getting a master's degree is equivalent to your bachelor's degree. And that's not fair, but it's my reality. So you need to be reminded of that sometimes. Like, do I need to yell at you? Not Maybe not necessarily yell at you, but do I need to remind you and, and humble you to the fact that your life is just a little bit easier than mine just because you're white? Yes, because by you being white, 
not only did your parents and your grandparents have better opportunities, but you have a better opportunity. Like there is a certain privilege that comes with being white. Like I love all people. Like, I don't care what color you are when it comes to helping you. But I will also say that there is some type of humbleness that I feel like white people sometimes need to have, especially ones who are struggling because you already come with the privilege. You can already go out and potentially get a job over somebody who is more qualified than you just because you're viewed as being safer. Like admit that, admit some of those things, be real with yourself. Now, of course, there are certain situations where it's just like, you know, mental illness and things like that. I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about the, your everything is pretty much okay with you, but you're still just kind of complaining. So I definitely agree with you, but I also feel like sometimes you kind of have to like shake, shake the boat, a li- like rock the boat a little bit and remind them like, no, there is privilege that comes with being fair skin. Like, let's admit that too. I guess that comes with the situation, right? Because yeah, that comes with the situation. Like I, I, I can completely take all emotions out of my, my mind and say, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I definitely want to speak from a place of like facts and common sense and not uh, emotions when it comes to that, because I, (laughs) I, I'm a care bear, right? I'm like that one care bear that just keeps getting stabbed up by folks, but I just keep wanting to throw rainbows at people like, come on, man, it's not that bad. Damn, stab me in the side, you son of a... (laughs) Anyway, take this cookie, you know? Like, I just keep trying, bro. I just keep trying. You said I'm a little care bear. I wonder what I am. (laughs) What? You know what? Hey, can I? Can I? So, uh, no. No, because like, I, I when you when you said that I instantly thought of the purple pony princess with the unicorn horn. You know Twilight what Sparkle. About? What is that? What that is? Yeah, I think her name is Twilight Sparkle. Don't ask me why I know that. She's sassy but really intelligent and pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I got you, Diamond. And she's purple. And so she's like purple. Color. Yeah. She's got a good color. Yeah, that's the one. That's the guy. Yo, yo, legend right there. That's the legend. Thank you for being a good man. Sorry, you guys can't see it, but I just finally seen her husband. Now I got to go lose weight. Thanks, bro, for making me go lose weight. This no, you don't, because you're in the you are in the form that you were meant to be in. And one of your lessons (laughs) is to learn how to love the skin you're in. We call it our boom boom in this house. Thank you. Thank you. He is an attractive guy, though. Sorry, Diamond. I know. Or so I, are you. I see it. Man, I'm looking. Don't honey, make me start flexing. Don't turn. Oh. No, no, no. Just eat it. Eat the compliment. Sit in the uncomfortable feelings. You are a beautiful creature. I call my kids creatures. So that's a in term of endearment. I call mine my little humans. They're my oh. tiny humans, are my magical creatures. I love so. that. I love that. Um, too. I did want to say in response to Diamond, when it comes to tone policing, especially especially black women at work, we have to we have to remember that white people, the what the kids now, the access to opportunities that they have is because their ancestors literally built their wealth on the literal backs 
of our ancestors. Period. Say it again. Make, make sure the people in the bag heard it. Because they were the only ones is, who survived outside, okay? The Indians couldn't survive. The Hispanics couldn't survive. Say it again. And I'm just, it, it's, that's the part that bugs me about the tone policing is the blindness to the privilege. I'm like, you have money because of what your ancestors did. So you have privilege because of the wealth. I, I, I don't know what else to say to you. I don't know. So when they come from that place, it's because, and I've been, again, deconstructing my biracial identity, and I have a very unique perspective because I see both sides of it. It's because they know. It's because they know where, what privileges they have, and they know that if they were to admit it, it would somehow lessen it, if that makes sense. Thank you. They would have to admit and eat the mediocrity because to me, white supremacy and racism is all a giant projection of narcissism to disguise the fact that they are tiny people who fucking hate themselves. Like I said, who who's violent, but who actually kills people? Who's lazy, but who set up and watched the country get built and beat the shit out of the people working 18 hours a day in the fields oh, while... Sure. You know what? Does that make sense? It's it's all to hide it. And I the best example that I can use is my sister called me fake all of my life. I like to think I'm actually pretty authentic, but she called me fake to disguise from the fact that it was her leading a double life. It was her that my grandparents didn't know. It was her that does not walk in her authentic self. So you can take that on a micro level and apply that to racism and my sister is one of the worst tone policers I and this is when you're trying to give her truth as a sister I love you and I'm telling you this hard thing because you need to hear it and instead like for example I wrote her a letter that was basically we don't talk and we've never been close it was a letter to tell her all the ways I'm proud of her and all of the ways that I see that she is being sucked down this dark path and the things that I see that she needs to heal from. And she read like one page and said, I'm not going to let you break me down anymore. And I'm like, did I have a stroke? Were we not like, did you, what, where did you take that from anything that I said? So it was the way that I said it as opposed to the message and it had her and her feelings. And so she instead screamed at me and we cut contact. So tone policing in as a whole, it comes, it comes from a place of they, they know what they did. They, they know that like with the ideas at work, they know their ideas are mediocre. They know that they're not as good of as an employee or they are doing the work like you Think about the people that try to say you're lazy at work. They're the ones that don't do a fucking thing all the time. So I'm going to read. This is from. This is from Pure Wow. It is a it's, it's purewow.com. You can go look this up if you would like to. Uh, it says you might be guilty of tone policing. Here's how to spot and stop it right so it gives you a scenario and i love scenarios i'll make up a few of my own but not tonight this one says let's say you have an aquarium of beloved fish 
but Bob is overfeeding the fish, causing them to die. So you raise the point to Bob, but instead of responding to the topic at hand, Bob makes the conversation about the way you expressed yourself. Yikes, in parentheses, right? Or quotations. Why you are, why are you so angry? He accuses you and changes the subject. Of course, you're angry. Your fish are dead. And the more he skirts his dead fish and attacks your tone, the more frustrated and exhausted you get. By the end of the interaction, the important issue is ignored while you are left struggling to be heard. This is called tone policing. And I and so like like that is like like I will give as many definitions of this because imagine you had no clue that you were doing this to someone. Imagine that you had no clue this is being done to you. So imagine your next conversation when you bring a problem or maybe just like you bring something to the table that needs to be addressed, right? So now I get to go in with some facts. Here's a problem that I'm noticing, like with just with America, you know, and all the lies and deceit in our, in our system is that we weren't really taught things that need to be taught. Okay, we weren't, we didn't have conversations that needed to be discussed. So we're all walking around exhausted because we don't know how to talk to people, especially in times of crisis. So it's like, imagine finding how, like learning how to talk to people first, right? Not quieting someone because they're telling you the truth, but you don't like how it's said. It's not about how it's said. Maybe they raise their voice. Oh, your voice is raised. Oh, I, I apologize. I I raise my voice when I'm when I'm upset. You know, but like sometimes it's passion, and sometimes it's, it's because you care about what you're talking about. Yes, it happens. It happens. You know. So, like from from my standpoint, you know, I speak out about recovery, and I and I address problems in recovery, and I will. I like. I don't believe that people that are abusive deserve to be anonymous like a rapist doesn't just get to continue raping without being called out like a shamer that abuses and mistreats people doesn't get to continue abusing and mistreating people in, in, in secret like you don't get to wear a mask and take government funds and use it for your own greed like taking vacations three times a year but your treatment center is falling apart or your sober house is you know so i when i speak on that what i get i get in return is well kyle if you would say it differently than how you say it, if you didn't address them the way you did, maybe if you come at them in a political way and then I'm, and I'm looking at them like, man, if I had blonde hair and blue eyes and I said that this treatment center was raping a bunch of women, would you listen to me then? You Does know, Monica I, Lewinsky have blue eyes? No, I think she's a brunette. Was a brunette. She's a brunette or a brown. I paid attention. Paid a lot but of attention. She, but she was pretty, right? She was pretty. Yeah. She was the first level of thick. Remember before? Remember when thick wasn't in? She was the but first. But Marilyn level Monroe, she was. Go Marilyn. Yeah. <laughs> Both those women were victims. Both of those yeah. women were victims. I believe of they were. Women, and they were disgraced and discredited after the fact. Marilyn was treated horribly. I, I I believe they were. I I imagine all the cover ups they did before. People started standing up together. You know, Jackie was like Kennedy. Was she? She was young. Dang, Bill. So, I Dang. think we have 
open the door on tone policing right yeah you guys taught me a lot about i like i said i hadn't really heard of that uh except maybe just vaguely i never really put a lot of thought to it but you guys gave given me a lot to think about because only time i ever tone police honestly is when i just don't like what the person is saying honestly if it's directed towards me it's probably because it's true and um and I just feel like, you know, a lot of people probably have, like you said, just been, a, you know, oppressed for a long time. And I just don't understand why I should have jurisdiction on how they want to express themselves as long as they're not being like just blatantly disrespectful to me. But I feel like that's different. That's me, you know, standing up for a boundary that I just have for myself. That could be a broken person, though, that lacks the ability to communicate effectively. Right. You know what I mean? It's not my fault you're broken. Like, you're still not going to just talk to me however you want. Like, there needs to be. But you should have space. You should have space for the people that aren't as far along the road as you are. But, like, if I don't know that, like, if I'm in the grocery store, assume the grocery store is maybe not the best idea. But I just, like, I, like, because I feel like maybe it was you, maybe it was Heather. I don't know. It was one of you two, though. And it, and that is a good point. Like, you can't expect other people to like kind of be aware and I feel like that's like okay I don't know what was that like second grade or something where it's like sticks and stones may may break my bones but Mm -hmm. words will never hurt me it's like no words will hurt me so Mm -hmm. like watch how you talk to me because if you say the wrong thing at the wrong time I'm liable to cuss you out now is it my fault you're getting cussed out or is it your fault you're getting cussed out like it's 50 50 (laughs) because you should also be in control of yourself and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like to some extent, like people have this, we're in this new generation of like, like, I love this for everybody where it's like, everybody is self-aware and everybody is aware. And, you know, like whether it's your trauma, whether it's your anxiety, whether it's your OCD, like whatever it is, like this TikTok generation of taking over and just a different click. I love that. And I think it's cool. But at the same time, it's like, you also have to sometimes those same people aren't good at holding the mirror up at themselves and being like, okay, but what did I just do to this person? It's, it's kind of always like a victim mentality. And I can say, but, but that's my point is like, we can't, we can't really expect everyone to be self-aware, but then I can't always hold myself to some higher standard than you just because you might not be where I'm at. Like, if you're hurting my feelings, I still get the right to tell you that you're hurting my feelings. And just because you don't like the fact that I told you you're hurting my feelings doesn't mean that I'm a bully or it's like this weird thing. It's almost like a reversal. Yeah. It's, it goes from tone police into gaslighting. And I so, believe but then that. Apply that yeah. to racism, though, and put yourself as a white woman and say that same thing again, because now you're but dealing the- with your feelings. Because. And that's the only thing that I have actually said to like a couple other like people of color is to some extent. And I said this to Heather, like, I remember uh, this was like, maybe like one of the first conversations we had, I'm to the point in life where like, I'm realizing that at 30 years old, I'm just learning like the details of like, Lake Lanier, for example. So if I, a 30-year-old minority, am just learning that, how do I expect Heather to know it? So yes, there are some things that like I do have to, that I am telling my friends, like, y'all, like we're really just learning this stuff too, and we are black. How do we expect these 
you know, white people to know this stuff. Like they don't know. They just know the the freaking Harriet Tubman in her sixth grade history <laughs> book, and then it just disappears they, by ninth that's grade. True. They don't <laughs> share. They don't share the the genocide and the murders and the cover ups like like we would share stories. It's all secretive. Okay, because I also learned white people don't really know the whole. Of course, I'm being very general, but I recently kind of discovered through TikTok how much white people don't know about the Holocaust. No, they believe that it didn't happen. Like, I didn't realize that, like, that was a thing that, like, white people really debated about. Like, y'all didn't know this happened? Two people who look like you, like why? Are, why are y'all arguing this? Like, it, I didn't. I didn't know that was a thing until more recently on TikTok. I tried to tell the town where I live in, like six months ago, that um, because I didn't know. Like, again, you know, I'm white and I grew up in a very rural Florida town, and I didn't. I was not taught any like anything except whitewashed history so when I found out about it I was very upset and I was like you know and I said six months ago and but a lot of people got mad at me I said you know if they did this to black and indigenous people you know they can do it to us right do (laughs) y'all understand this hello is this your Facebook post because I'm still yes this was my Facebook post and they all got very mad at me for saying that and but I was just like how does no one and they were like oh we probably taught that maybe for a second in the fifth grade it was in there and I'm like no it wasn't y'all didn't tell me what about, girl you're about right the holocaust? Like, uh well no I didn't learn about the holocaust but just like just, there was just so so many things that I just learned about black and indigenous and maybe about the holocaust too just so many uh, different cultures that I was not aware of and then like in regards of the tone policing like I guess like you know like I've been on the like you know like the white side of that like maybe not like I, I don't think I've been like racist to black people but I've just been like no you're wrong like just think about like the good that we did you know like stuff like that like oh yeah you know our father you know like we're a free country and you just gotta just are we free all- girl are we free no 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 no, no. no we're not free like I said this was me a while ago I'm a you know like before I was I know babes yeah <laughs> yeah but no I just uh, want yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to jump in and say that, um, yes, there are some white people because I was 30 something when I started learning the history of black history because I was removed from that. However, you have to remember, they have our records. They have our ancestors in their on paper in their attics as property. They have slave shackles. They have slave memorabilia. And they just don't want to share it because it's embarrassing. So a lot of them do know and they just pretend that they're not like that because they don't do the same stuff. But they still participate in the overall system, if that makes well, I sense. I feel like that's like Heather kind of though. And, and, and that's why like I, that's why I did point that out. And I, I have kind of turned over a new leaf to the expectation of what I know. I would think that they would be embarrassed. Like, I, I'm not surprised that you're embarrassed. Like, talking to Heather, like, I was telling Heather the other day, I'm like, girl, you don't know shit about anything 
in the black culture like you do you even know who Tupac is like just joking why would but she? it's just but it's like that's how sheltered and protected she is but that has a lot to do with her her literal upbringing that she really can't control like that was her upbringing and it's like yeah I want to be mad and I want to be like damn you should educate yourself and you should go in your attic and you should read these records and you should do this and you should do that but then at the same time it's like in the black community we know that our grandpas had families over there on the other side of town and we just acted like we didn't know about it until we was all grown and then we kikied it all together like I just kind of, I have kind of taken a little bit more accountability to how quick I have this expectation of people to just like do it, I guess. Cause I love Heather. Like, I love the fact that Heather really made a Facebook post because I wouldn't even do that. Yes. Like, Heather is bold as hell because I would not even do that. Like, my whole little small ass community, and I'm gonna like, I'm gonna call all of them out. I'm gonna call out my teacher. I'm gonna call out everybody. I called them the all town. out. The schools, yeah, the Heather, churches. I called all them fuck asses out. Yeah, like, that's why I'm like, yo, like I'm you like, are such an influential me. person. Like yo, you man. need everyone needs a Heather. Like every minority, when they say like they need an ally, they they're talking about like a Heather. They're talking about somebody who will do like some wild ass shit because they know that it's the truth and. It's like, I wouldn't even do that because I would get anxiety about somebody I don't know, telling my mom or something. Like, I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> so I love that. Girl, you're a boss. This, oh, this person you. said that tone policing is oppression, right? So imagine the countless people in America that are crying out for change, right? Like when, when the... <laughs> When murder happens, yeah, tell me why. So look, in my head, I said his name, and then I was like, nope, not going to go here right now. And then you said his name. So yes, you're right, George Floyd. Imagine Trayvon Martin. Imagine the the tone policing that that people took up when they started rocking rocking cars and setting fires to police vehicles and destroying uh you know statues and stuff because y'all ain't doing nothing different You're i not thought that was white people i thought that was not blm and that was that was white people in those pictures i think it was for what for which one? The George Floyd riots, that was not done by BLM. I think white people was... typically were the ones who were like setting fire to stuff, kind of, sort of, more or less. Like they were the ones kind of ruining stuff, but it was kind of like- made it look to... like BLM. Yeah. Look, that's a whole bunch of jumbled stuff that truths are coming out. What were they called? Like right. looters or something? Or Oh yeah, looters. Yeah, I mean, because I remember when Trayvon Martin happened, and like I, I was in college. It was like my freshman year of college, and I remember when that happened, and like that hurt my feelings because it was like the fact that he is really just like I think he had like a a pop in some skittles, and it's like this guy just gets to shoot him and or like whatever. Like I don't even know what he had, but. I don't even remember because that's how young and ignorant I was. So he I was, was walking so down the street being suspicious. Yeah. And I was like, and then I remember them making the, the, like the news kept emphasizing that George Zimmerman 
was like Mexican and white. And it wasn't, as, and it, I promise y'all, it wasn't until George Floyd happened and it being a white officer, even though there's other officers, that I finally realized that they didn't, they didn't go as hard at George Zimmerman because he was Mexican. Well, so he was also was like, doing what white people wanted him to do. Yeah, but like the white people felt like they could be like, oh, he's Mexican. So they didn't really go as hard as they did with George Floyd, who it was just this, or even Tamir Rice, where it's just like, because he wasn't Taylor. white. It's these full on white people who are creating these crimes. And of course, they're officers too. So that amplified it. And I was like, wow, they really definitely did kind of wipe that under the rug and then use the fact that he was Mexican. And never once did I, in my little ignorant freshman, 18 year old mind, be like, so basically, they're pinning it on like the Mexican culture almost. That's really what they did. They deflected it to that instead of what this man did. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Well, I just kind of well, also have you seen there's a there's a video floating around TikTok right now where a white guy is he made this like collage of all of these mass shooters that are not white. He's oh, like, I look at all it. these minorities. Oh, I seen it's that. like, no, I it's y'all. It. It's y'all. Like, like and they're you know, alive. They're alive and taken to jail because I've seen it. They're all just alive. Just alive. Look at oh. the top shooter. Look at the top shooter as compared to any other black person that gets stopped for traffic. Breonna Taylor was asleep, but okay. Dylan Roosh is alive. So the uh, the other day I created a video and I talked and I and really I duetted a video of a, of a known guy that he brings the truth of the past to the present. And he says it with great dictation. And like these and people, people get very angry when when he brings up these truths. And I'm going to say his name. Um, uh, this man, this man, this man, this man. Uh, Levert. It's Levert the bass bassman. He's a he's a middle aged. I adore that. Box. Yes, yes, right. He's he's great. Okay, you can find him on TikTok if you really want to find out some knowledge about the past and 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 oh all yeah, of it, right. So he just I, sent I, me a video from him. Yeah, yes. I did a I did a duet like with him. him because his duet was explaining. He was asking questions to white women. Right. Or really just women. And then he did bring in the tone of white women. But he asked them, how do you feel when you go out out in public, whether it be in the daytime or the nighttime? How do you feel when you go out and you're looking and you have to look over your shoulder to make sure that not some some person's not going to attack you? Right. Like, how do you feel when you go into a dark place or you go to the subway and you have to pay attention who who might be an attacker because women get attacked? Like it's nobody's business, right? And then he said, now flip that around and have black skin. We feel like that all the time, right? So yes. I made that duet, right? And this lady, it blew me away. And it's like, they don't really come at me on TikTok, not yet, but I think they'll get there. But this lady says, when I'm out in public, I don't walk around wondering who's going to attack me. You should try it sometimes, right? So, man, that's was called like, the privilege of your woo, skin, right? I was, I was like, woo! I said, oh, did she? That's denial. That's denial. 
because not, like literally 99.99999% of women have some form of sexual trauma or harassment in their history, whether it be at the hands of a relative or being catcalled on the street. Every single woman walks and, and, to their car with their keys in their hand, most women. Yes. You know what I mean? So yes. no, that that's her pretending, that is privilege. And that is her pretending that these issues don't exist. And I would even go as far as to wager she has those men in her family and she has to make excuse like i'm okay look look i'm okay was so, she yeah. white yeah 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 because my thing about white ladies specifically and this really is to white ladies white men it's biased because i don't really you know i don't talk to white men for real my issue as a minority with white women when it comes to black men specifically don't don't speak on our men don't do it because they're the least protected i as a black woman am more protected than a black man so please don't speak on them because you have I would no have idea to disagree with you there you, black women are the most disrespected oh no 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 i'm i'm not saying i'm not i didn't say disrespect i said protected Ooh, we are more protected okay a black man i can go walk out on this street at 3 a.m and i'm still going to come home alive because the police officer mainly a white police officer is not going to still view me as a threat because he's going to look at me and I am still a woman. So in his eyes, he still feels like he can overpower me. However, my husband who is over six feet, who is tatted, who is probably going to have on a hoodie, some, some tennis shoes and some, some sweatpants. He views my husband as a threat because when he looks at my husband, my husband potentially is bigger than him can potentially overpower him. And those two things right there, have now decided that whether he knows my husband has a gun, has a knife, has whatever, now my husband is a threat. And by him viewing my husband as a threat, my husband is now not protected. So I'm not saying disrespected. I'm saying protected. As a woman, I still have more protection than a Black man. Black men are so, they are just vulnerable to anything. You you pull them over and they, they you think this, and it's like, oh, I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid of them? Because it's epigenetic. It goes back to slavery because they knew back then that they could have whooped their ass. And so So I hate when white ladies speak to black men in terms of like how they should feel because we as black women, we are the closest thing, but it feels so different. Like I, when I promise you, like I get, if someone gets in a confrontation with my husband, I will stand in front of them because I'll be damned if you take my man out. You're going to have to get through me before you take my man out because you're going to have to live with that on your conscience that you hurt a woman over just feeling like, oh, I was scared. I do not care. Like there's, it there's bothers enough, me so there's much. There's not enough people. There's not enough people doing that though. Right. Like, and that's, and that's why I want to like round this. I want to round this out. Like there's not enough people willing to step in front of that abusive police officer or police officers. Like when you got a crowd of 20 and three cops beating on one, I don't understand why there's not enough people. And that's why I said the whole last, you know, last episode, the whole bystander effect. Like I, I went and I turned myself in before I got, I got into treatment. I got my life to somewhat together. I'm living in sober living. And they said, okay, you got a warrant. You got to go make it right. So I go to turn myself in at the sheriff's station, right? Now, I'm not a, I'm not a little guy, but I'm not like tall, okay? So like I'm a short stocky tank, but I walk into this police station. 
I tell them who I am. I let them know that I have a bench warrant, that I'm turning myself in, right? The cop says, okay. As he comes through the door, he looks at me and says, you're not going to do anything crazy, are you? And I'm and I'm blown away. I'm like, I said, I'm turning myself in. He's like, well, I'm going to put handcuffs on you. Don't don't do anything that's going to make me. And I'm like, wow, like at even even when I'm turning myself in. You're a threat. You're I'm a threat. <laughs> I'm a I, and, and I mean, I, I Amir I, Rice was a threat at eight years old with a toy gun so that they shot him in eight set. Like, I mean, Child. If he is, was you barely are. out the car. Man, man, if he <laughs> is, you are. So for those people listening right now that probably stopped listening or you're irritated because you got people of color speaking about real serious issues, you're tone policing. Okay. You don't like oh, the tone that's, that's happening right now. I, that's 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 that is the uh, that that is the definition. We're talking about race and people will turn this off because they don't want to hear it. This is the truth. And I feel like this is, this is okay. Like the Texas shooting that just happened. Um, the, those were children and granted, a lot of them were Hispanic. So also taking into consideration like Sandy Hook, it's like for white people, mass shootings trigger an emotion from them. It's like, imagine how it's been, I feel like since, and for, and it could have been before that, but I feel like since Trayvon Martin, it's been a, a black man, black woman getting killed every year since 2010 that I can think of. I can just name a whole bunch of them. Like the, I can't, Eric Gardner, like just the fact that. Ethan Clark. Yeah. It's like, like it's so many that I can think of so it's like you got these mass shootings Sandy Hook was 10 years ago but as soon as this this shooting in Texas happens like oh everyone's to bring up Sandy Hook and don't get me wrong those are children those are lives lost those are children who never got to see anything but that's what we live with every single year that's what we live with that's just our neighborhoods that's our that's just the culture that we have to grow up and be like oh that's that's not fair it's not fair it's not right and it's like when we're saying like oh we're mad like texas texas is the number one state that's like oh like you should be able to buy a gun you should be able to do this well now look at you texas now texas wants to make a change and barely they barely want to make a change it's like what like it always it, it feels like for sometimes some white people not all but for some white people to understand, they had to live it. And it's like, why do you have to live something to be able to empathize with it? Because why does anybody teach you empathy? Because they can't fathom any experience. That, that goes back to the whole, like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps thing. Like, because they did, you should be able to. And also take what you just said and apply it to Roe v. Wade. Like, Black and Indigenous women and then, like, pride, too. Black and Indigenous people have been on the forefront protesting, getting shit done for decades and decades and decades, Right. And white women uh-huh. didn't want nothing to do with it. But now all of a sudden that the smoke is at their no, door. They can't they're get the in They're mad. Like, and they're what? putting on costumes and selling merch instead of asking black women what the fuck they need to do. Like the answer <laughs> is in the question, bro. Which is true. And it's kind of crazy because now, I mean, I personally think trying to dictate when a person can get an abortion is about dumb as can be. And 
I don't understand why men even care. All these political figures that be having affairs and doing this and doing that. Let's talk because about the white race is that. dying. The white race yeah. is dying, and they their numbers are. If you've heard of the birth dearth, they expect the white population to be in the minority by like twenty forty or something. I actually remember that from a few years ago. Like people talking about that. It's I, 2022. We got time. <laughs> like, chill out. And I will say, not I enough because their women keep reproducing with black people. You know what I, I would notice like? though, or they, they can't reproduce at all. Yeah, because they got a lot of issues with fertility. You know what yeah, I would be- like? Yeah, you know how much food we've been eating in Florida that I didn't know causes cancer. But it, apparently, if you live in California, you would know about it. But I didn't know about it. When, when are we when are we gonna turn all of these individual you know extreme serious reasons why we should fight the power but when are we gonna turn this all into one massive movement just you know humanity the good of humanity against the shame and the abuse we never will because that's not the way our country was built like, or I, just I drop feel the like more people need to start speaking up about you know humanity against the hate than because that's i mean we've been bred to do everything as individuals okay and in isolated groups and, and because of slavery because that. indigenous is that's work that was all communal white people are individualistic cultures are communal the village was before slavery I feel sad though, and this is like so random, but I do because like I used to work in a in a psych hospital, and I had this one lady, and she was the sweetest little old lady ever. She was an old white lady, but she was struggling with dementia, and so when she was in her like you know back in her time day, she would refer to me as the little N, and she'd be like, "Oh, come here, come here, come here, blase, blase, blase," like clean up her poop and all this stuff, and I would do it because you know it's my job and whatever. But then when she was in her, like, when she was in her, like, you know, normal mindset, she'd be like, oh, you remind me of my granddaughter and blah, blah, which I'd be like, lady, you're like racist. How do I remind you of your granddaughter? Like, so intrigued by that. And then one day her daughter, her daughter actually came and she had said, oh, you look really similar to my daughter. I had him like, I do? And then she showed me a picture. She had a baby with a black man. And when I tell you me and her two daughters could be twins, we look like we could literally be triplets, matter of fact, because we all look the same. And in that moment, I realized like that lady, she had like that internal racism and I get that. But like in her, as she, you know, as she got older and she had kids and she had family, she loved her granddaughters. Like she was so sweet to me. She was so nice to me. And it was genuine and you could tell it was genuine. And like, I felt bad because I used to be like, oh my God, this little old lady always want to call me the N-word. She's so racist and blah, blah, blah. And then I, I kind of had to take a step back and realize like that was also her culture. And she decided to make a change, especially when she, you know, her kid had kids with a, with a black man and, I, and the, the daughter had said like they were still married. I think her husband might've had passed away by then, but she, but at that time, but and it was really, and it, it kind of like touched on me a little bit because I realized like, this is like deep. This isn't just like our it's generation generational. 
Yes. Like this this goes back to slavery. It goes back to feudal times. It goes back. But a lot of that is not a a story that is the norm. And a lot of white women have black babies to use them as a shield against racism. Look, I'm not racist. I got black kids while you're letting your little mixed baby walk around with her hair blown out because you don't care enough to do it or you're racially abusing their features or you you know what I mean? So it's not. And the one thing that white people do not forget in their dementia is how much they hate black people. That was my thing. I'm like, dang, you sure ain't forget the N word. You ain't know your daughter's name, but you remembered to call me the hard ER. But that was that was me. I was like, she just be using the ER. Like she don't even say the G A. She be like ER. I'm like, okay, dang, here I come. <laughs> yeah, I've heard like when people are have dementia, they oftentimes like revert back to like their youngest ways, like maybe when their brain would have been like in its primal development or whatever. So like for example, like people who maybe spoke multiple language, they'll only go back to like their native language. I've, I've heard it's crazy. Are like- white men. Okay. This is like a, this is Heather. I don't even know if you know the answer. You just happen to be like only full white one. So maybe I got a half white family. I know. So maybe you might know too. Okay. So going back to my experience, I got called the hard ER predominantly by white women white men they really weren't it was weird because like in your I guess like somewhere in me like I just decided like the racists of racists were like white men but from working there are white men almost like are they like pushovers or something it's because they want to sleep with you it's because you're being fetishized and the reason that white women do it is because they need to humble your ass because they could no, never, no, they could no, never no. be a black woman. And I'm telling because, you, that my mother was. And I used to, to think that, woman. but they didn't even, and, and I, because I, I think some are definitely like that. But then I, the reason why I asked that is because surprisingly in their dying stages, they weren't inappropriate though either. Like they weren't giving like those inappropriate com- comments. It was more so like, if you say, hey, it's time for your, back now they're more so almost appreciated and like this is because you know like like I said we only really learned about Harriet Tubman like we didn't really get the full gist we're we're what like okay like use Emma Till as an example it's a very bad example I know but you know how the white lady said that Emma Till did xyz to her and then all the white men beat her beat her beat him up and then she admitted that she lied but none of them really got in trouble and then she's still alive and kicking and breathing right now but she's still gonna get in trouble but anyways bill cosby is in jail but she's not anyways sorry tangent but that they should both be in jail exactly but that started to make me wonder did white women secretly have more control than even white men and we just don't know it no because how does she have that much power white men they're the tools for white men that they're weaponized but if for she white would have men. said that a black man did XYZ to her, would that black man still have gotten hanged for that reason? Maybe. Like somewhere did else. Did they manipulate the men to get what they want? Like, I have so many questions. So white women weaponize their okay, I have a white child. I have a rice-skinned baby that has been raised culturally as black as I can manage since he came out the womb. And he's a white woman. 
this child will deck you square in your mouth and then go, he'll smile at you, try to pat your face. And then when you say, no, that is not okay. He will put his head down and start to cry and then look up at you over his eyebrows. Like, is it working? Like that that is white womaning. That is white womaning. So it's yeah. not though, because if white women held the control, Roe v. Wade wouldn't be a thing right now. It's that white women are indoctrinated to be their tools. And this is something I'm working on separately. I feel like white women traded on their humanity and their femininity and their womb in order to survive because they had to. And so now I mean, what you did bite the apple. Yeah, well... Uh, I believe Lilith was Adam's first wife. Like that's a whole, there's a whole, but pieces of the Bible that we're just, we're just finding out that have been cut out. You know what I mean? I like Lilith though. She's man, man. She's like, I'll work all my babies every day. But um, I actually didn't learn about Lilith until I met you guys a couple of weeks ago. I'm coming. Do you want to show Lucifer? Huh? Have you guys ever seen the show Lucifer? I've heard of it. My uh, former mother-in-law watched it. Oh, that's the show. Okay, but anyways, continue. White so, women are weaponized. That's all. Oh, no, that's okay. So I know that we were going to touch on imposter syndrome a little bit, but I know like we were talking about this for a while. Maybe we could just touch on it like, briefly and then maybe next week we can talk about it more. What do you, what do y'all think? Wait, I forgot. What is imposter syndrome? That's when you. So from my understanding, because I'm just now kind of learning about this, but my understanding is kind of like when you feel like people are going to figure you out and it's like, well, if people get too close to me. Oh, wait, you can't hear me. No, you can be heard. Oh, oh, sorry. Anyways, so. Um, it'll, um, from what I've understood in like the last week in the research that I've done, it's whenever you'll feel like, um, if I let people get too close to me, then they're going to figure me out. So I need to self-sabotage and keep them like kind of over here. Um, also, um, sorry guys, we had to take a quick pause. So anyways, as I was saying a little bit about imposter syndrome is when you're having, a hard time identifying with your true self. And we would love to hear your thoughts about this and maybe you identify with it. Maybe you know somebody who does, but we're going to be talking more about that next week and we're going to do some research about it. We would love to hear you guys' feedback. So thank you again for everybody who's been listening. We're really excited for how many um, listeners we already have. We already have almost 50 and thank you for the feedback. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's I can't believe it. Thank you for people who want to come on our show and share their experience, share their trauma, their recovery, like just all of it. We're I'm just showered in gratitude and um I am so excited for what this podcast is going to have for all of us in the future and all the opportunities after that because um it I don't know, it's just really cool that we're all kind of doing this together. Yeah, I believe it is. I mean, this is this is honestly like one of the funnest things that I've done um, in my 35 years when it comes to like speaking and talking the truth and like talking about trauma and stuff. And it's like, you know what, when it comes to like anything 
political or anything race like yeah it's it fires people up because this is the like this is a, a diehard truth right now is that you know when it comes to race man the stuff is not okay like things are just not okay so for those that might have felt something tonight look at that you know don't 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 instantly turn it off and shut the door on it because you felt uncomfortable. Let's look at this. Like I, I'll be honest with you. I felt uncomfortable because I know that we get judged when we talk about race. We get judged when we talk about slavery. We get judged when we talk about how things are indifferent. We get judged when we talk about privilege. We get judged when we talk about cops not being fair. A person will say, well, I, I, I have cops in my family and those are good men. Okay, well, how many times is that good man cop of yours go arrest a bad cop that just got done beating somebody up in the back of his car? Yeah, we don't, regardless what you like, there is a truth to everything and not just the truth of what we we see as our perception, but there is a, there is a truth, right? And the truth is, is that this stuff is real and we're not going to uh, pretend that it's not there. So yeah, tonight's discussion needed to be had. And I, I'm, I'm extremely excited to talk about imposter syndrome because I myself, I know that I can identify to that. You know, I went into the military to make myself a father. And uh, even though I went through the Marines and I became a Marine, it took me years afterwards to look at my pictures and go, wow, I was really something. But as that, as I was a Marine, I did not feel any stronger, any better. It was like all those horrible things that were said and done to me as a child carried over. You know, it took me, it took me to look at my pictures in addiction and look at myself as a Marine and say, what happened? Like I used like, I didn't even know I had abs, right? Like I, like I had no clue. I, I, I was this fit machine, but my mind wouldn't, my mind was... <laughs> It was enabled to allow me to see myself the way that I really was. So next week's conversation, you know, maybe you, you listeners can send us a message expressing uh, a moment of where you couldn't identify as who you are, right? Something that ties in and we can read out a bunch of different situations uh, that people have sent to us. And then we can talk about that more. But I'm looking forward to having this conversation. And if everybody's ready, this I think this song right here really fits in when it comes to uh, imposter syndrome. So I'm going to play us out. I've been dying for your ending song. <laughs> I've been dying to see which one you pick. <gasps> yeah. Stay.